On this episode, we discuss Seventh Son. Dan, I didn't see Sons 1 through 6. Will I understand what happens in the movie? You will not. Son 5's the best. Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. And I'm Stuart Wellington. Trademark sound effect. I'm Elliot Kalen. <laughs> We're all here together. It's been a little while. I can't. Uh, it's been like two weeks. Two weeks. I don't the same know. amount of time between the You know why it feels like it was a lo- it's been a long time? Because you're we, drunk. Well, possibly. But we, we did those two live shows and then we did a, an episode right afterwards. And I got used to having you pals around me all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. yeah, you know, even though, you know, I'm kind of under the weather, like, uh, I got too, this, man. yeah, we got, yep. hey, up top, yeah, no, no, under, down below, uh, <laughs> but, uh, when you guys called me up today to say, hey, do I want to come out and podcast, I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, fuck it, man, let's do this, <laughs> well, what happens is, we put I'm up, trying to build this kind of story around it, signal. we put up the stew signal, which is a big silhouette of a can of beer with, uh, Angus Scrim picking, you know, <laughs> Pouring it. <laughs> you know, it's a pretty <laughs> elaborate silhouette. Oh, and he's you also, and also he's ripping his own ding dong off. It's I'm, all in silhouette. When we project that onto clouds, I'm amazed that it still reads. The it, thing. And it it had to be a very cloudy night. Yeah. Uh, then we set out the beer and uh, open it, and the smell uh, carries Stu over. Yeah, we set out the beer, and we put a, a box with a stick propping that box up. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I floated along the smell waves like Monterey Jack. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, and the we, cheese character. He's named after his the object of his desires. The cheese character. He's a mouse. <laughs> From Disney's Rescue Rangers. No, but it's crazy that he's called Monterey Jack since he just wants to eat cheese all the time. Like they don't call yeah, you what a coincidence. they don't call you chicken Kalen. They maybe they should. Okay. No, every time someone calls me chicken, I have to fight them in a drag race. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like my grandfather and my great grandfather. Eventually you'll learn. But only after some adventures in the past. Yeah, and the future. Anyway, uh, Biff stole a sports almanac. Do I care about that? (laughs) Because I don't really care about sports. It Uh, was a Oscars predictions. (laughs) Uh, We got to go back and stop him. Um, So for this show, we watched... uh, Wait, so what do we do on the show normally for the newbies? For the the newbos, we watch (laughs) a bad movie. Sounds like a racial slur, but it's not... (laughs) That's our M.O. Modus operandi. That's our monster opera. Um, so for this That's episode, our Mamie Ozenhauer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our Mr. Octopus. <laughs> yep. Our Malted Ocelot. Mo Money starring Damon Wayans. <laughs> no. <And> Stacy <laughs> <No>. Dash. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so we watched... A movie uh, tonight called... <laughs> Stretch it out. We got to fill the time. <laughs> Seventh, Seventh Son. Seventh Son. It starred uh, Jeff Bridges and some guy. <laughs> some guy. And a... Generic b- guy. And, and, and uh, a guy. Andrew <laughs> also, Guy. Julianne Moore. Plays a morphing, bedreadlocked dragon lady. Dragon yeah. queen, witch, and Kit Harrington. And, is and is and in it. Ex Machina herself. Very early. Robo Girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. Robo Girl's in it, too. What's her name? 
Alicia oh. Vikander. Yep. And uh, Olivia Williams is in it. Yeah, that's and right. And in the role of guy who's in science fiction and fantasy movies, Jimon Honshu. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. Great. Uh, now, here's something I'm going to say about this movie before we get into the plot. When I saw that it starred Jeff Bridges and some dude, I assumed Jeff Bridges would be in like the first 15 minutes. Yeah, die like a cash grab. Yeah, he'd be and like then, an outcast. He's be a whole Nicolas Cage outcast situation. Yeah, like he'd be in the beginning and then get kidnapped or something, and then show up maybe 10, 15 minutes before the ending. No, you get Jeff Bridges all through this film. Yeah, this is, yeah. if anything, a Jeff Bridges vehicle. If, yeah, it, Jeff Except Bridges for like the, the love star. scenes. And those should have been for Jeff Bridges. I agree with you, but uh, yeah, except for those, you, you got him like mugging about the whole movie, man. <laughs> yes, with his, with his about. Volstag, the voluminous beard, and uh, his just general thick, weird accent yeah, that you well, can't quite understand. This is a post uh, apocalyptic true grit Jeff Bridges where he seems to think that Acting means just a real incomprehensible voice. Do you think it's him, or do you think that's the directors now are like, mm, no, do that true grit thing? Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, he sounds- he's like, I was planning on talking like this the whole time. I was going to enunciate all my lines ultra clearly. <laughs> the witches are a powerful force. <laughs> a proper cup of coffee. From a proper copper coffee pot. I am a, a drunken witch finder. <laughs> Let us go burn you're, the witches. You're getting into Queen Amidala territory. <laughs> I will not a... watch my people <laughs> suffer. You're getting into like Liam This Neeson is how democracy <laughs> dies. Uh, Liam Neeson? Is, yeah. It sounds like so. a sign well, that, that was just a... repeating. <laughs> That was a bit on Jordan Jesse Go where Jordan, uh, Jordan was always talking about how when Liam Neeson played an American, he would over enunciate. Oh well, that's like, you. I have a very particular set of skills. When you see, when you watch old Monty Python episodes, whenever they do an American voice, they do that yeah. too. Like to an Englishman or whatever is Liam Neeson's what Irish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to people from the UK, Americans are people who over enunciate the R's at the end of words. So when yeah. you in Monty Python, they'd be like, well. Over here, I'm going to show you the thing, because I'm from America. So it's like, <laughs> is that what we sound like? Oh, yeah. horrible. It's weird that they put an R in a word that doesn't even have it. I mean, yeah. some people do. That's the... Yeah. yeah. Looks more like snow than snow. You know, tell me, what do you think about my idea? Maybe it stinks. You know, <laughs> these are real lines from my final sketches. So, Seventh Son. Uh, okay, it, smash cut. Smash cut to the movie we watched. Uh, it's set in a... Legendary logo. It, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Moving on. This is, now, this is the pre-purchasing of legendary pictures by a Chinese media conglomerate. Okay. So this is, an, uh, this is a totally Western civilization film. Yeah. Uh, Although, I would say that it had a pretty nice variety of uh, ethnicities represented in this movie. You got dragons, you got non-dragons. <laughs> I mean, right. all the non-white people were villains? Not not necessarily. What about that? What that, about Tusk? What about the, the, the mammoth man? What about, <laughs> we'll get to Tusk in a second. What about the guy whose boat that they jump on and then gets capsized? You're right, you're right. That and then disappears. For a second. Who, you assume drowned. I assume he survived and is now thriving with his wife and, I don't know, 17 children. How many kids do people have in this universe? Uh, in the Well, at least seven if you're the seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah, and that's average, I guess. Now, yeah, that was, he's like, Are you, did you only have seven children? Because that's very small mm-hmm. in this time. So we're, it's in some kind of made up, bullshit fantasy medieval time mm-hmm. yeah. that, that could have used a map 
uh, Stuart would have really liked a map. I was okay without a map. At least put it on the back of the DVD box <laughs> so I know what yeah. I'm getting into. <laughs> With a bunch of little, little triangles that say that they're mountains, man. <laughs> yeah, I need to, if there's a marsh, I got to know what I'm going to have to pack before I get into this movie. <laughs> I don't think you know how movies work. <laughs> when to see that movie, The Martian, it was very expensive to build my own spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And all the marshes. <laughs> It's about a guy who lives in a marsh. We lost Matt Damon in a marsh. He's in a bog somewhere. Stuart, when he goes through, yeah, hanging out with my pal John Carter. He's like, I'm gonna go marshing this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if that's a thing. I've never heard anyone say that. It's where you go out into a field with a couple of buckets filled with mosquito eggs. Okay, okay, follow me. What do you do with them? Well, you got to wear a diaper. I have more questions now. (laughs) And a big floppy hat. (laughs) Everything else is totally optional. Uh, Okay, I don't know what everything else was. You mean clothes, or do you mean like a like a beach ball? Have you you been bathing? These activities. (laughs) Yeah, because if you don't have to do the salsa dancing, that's an option. (laughs) That's certainly optional. Look, you can otherwise they force you to do with other couples, and you're like, this is weird. (laughs) This is not what I wanted or signed up for. (laughs) I'm wearing a floppy hat. I'm not good at this part. So if you've We're been bathing, you need to that cut that out. Where we, no where bathing. Where we move an orange from one of our necks to another person's neck, are we? I don't <laughs> want to do that. Or burst a balloon on, somebody, on somebody's lap. Yeah. I don't mm. like resort games is what it comes down to. Why not? I'm on vacation. Just let me do what I want to do. <laughs> and what you want to do is not, yeah, not to of. like inflate a balloon with your lover and awkwardly <laughs> pop it in front of a crowd of other people that you've never... Exactly. One thing I do is I call her my wife, not my lover. Because <laughs> I'm not... weird. You're on a fucking cruise for lovers. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Just just be, look, when we booked this trip what to Temptation Island, <laughs> yeah. I assumed it was named after St. Temptatious <laughs> because it had been settled by the Portuguese in the 16th century. I didn't realize that it was an island for people to bring their mistresses and lovers. And yeah, because it's like you and your wife and then a whole bunch of models. Yeah, and, and Joan Severance. And Joan Severance, <laughs> of course. And She's Billy there. Zane is the narrator, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I don't see how he couldn't be. Joan Severance, the David black Scorpion. is reading a letter about it. They got sent to Do him. Do you think Joan F. Severance was ever fired from someplace? And they were like, yeah, here's your severance package. She's like, hilarious. Just give me the fucking money. <laughs> Who's sending all those letters very- to David Duchovny, by the way? The people who wrote them. Yeah, but how are they going to Who address? sends us our letters? Oh, well, he, he in, in newspapers across the country, he just advertises in a little <laughs> box, have sex, send me a letter about it, to David Duchovny, care of Red Shoe Factory, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Care of guy who reads sex letters next to his dog. I thought he was always like wa- walking the streets in like a coat, like a rain, like a slicker. Often. I mean, he it was different than in... Uh, what was that show where it always opened with a woman? Taxi Cab Confessions. No. It Silk was, Stockings. No. It was a... Wh- Hot line something. No. It was one of these Cinemax shows where it always opened with a woman like... Cash Cab. Taking a shower or sunbathing nude, and then she'd get a letter and read it, and then that was the story for the episode. And that, I always wondered why. So is she just some kind of, like, sex collector who, like, just <laughs> is nude all the time and collects people's sex stories? I like to think that are, like, sex chain letters, where it's like, I break had, the chain of this letter, and, and you will have seven s- years bad luck. It, the, I, a friend of mine's cousin broke this chain and had sex, and then had to describe it in a letter. <laughs> oh, so it's a punishment. Yeah. Okay. Dear Penthouse Forum, I never thought this would happen to me, but I had bad luck. Don't break this chain. Mm-hmm. Here's a letter about it. Um, Dear so David Duchovny, so House son. of D, what was that all about? 
love Red Shoe Diaries. Was that before or after playing God? Uh, it was after, I believe. Because playing God was the moment when I was like, ooh, this David Duchovny guy is not as great as I thought he was. Playing God was his attempt at, at feature film stardom, yeah. Dear David Duchovny, why are you spelling California with a K? <laughs> love me. <laughs> but then he changes love it me. back. Love and- me. <laughs> <laughs> David Duchovny, why won't you love me? That's a song. <laughs> <laughs> That's the song? Yeah, there was a song. They had those lyrics. Okay. <laughs> Back in the height of David Duchovny mania. Remember when that swept the nation? Yeah, Duchovny fever. Catch it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everyone was coming down with a case of... Who's saying it like the Moody Blues or somebody? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the Moody Blues. <laughs> David Duchovny. That's why they were so moody. <laughs> yeah. They were yep. upset that David Duchovny Silken and brass. <laughs> yep. Sunday nights on the X-Files. <laughs> yep. Fox Mulder, A Night in White Satin. Um, Night in a trench coat with a big heavy flashlight. Yeah, we really have not talked about the movie at all. At now, all. what if there's that opening the X Files where they walked in with huge flashlights in their hands? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if they misplaced them and they had used flleshlights? I think it'd go a little something like this. <laughs> <laughs> These don't provide Obscene light. Noises. I can't see anything. Wait, is this? Are you just pitching like Red Shoe Diaries? <laughs> this is from us? my. This is from my. Uh, my pornographic I mean, sketch comedy it's called, show. It's that called I'm the Triple X to, Files. It's I'm, super easy to do. <laughs> I'm pitching it to it's your pornographic F- 90s sketch comedy show. <laughs> well, we only do porno parodies of 90s stuff. It's for FXXX, the new spinoff of FXXX. <laughs> it's all porn, but it's mostly Simpsons reruns. Mm-hmm. And uh, wait, what would be your porn parody for Married with Children? Uh, it would be called uh, Married Having Sex with the Children. <laughs> oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> okay, well, what about uh, a Frasier parody called Fucker? Uh, it's <laughs> called it on Fox. It's called Toss Salad. I didn't say and it was all Fox. Toss Salad. I just said it was what, 90s. what would your Millennium parody be? It would be called uh, Millennium Butt. Okay, okay. Lone Gunman. Uh, Lone Gunman would be called Bone Gunman. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, now on Millennium, uh, it would be <laughs> <Lena> <laughs> it, it would it would still be Lance Henriksen. What about a hardcore? It, realm? He'd be like, women find me irresistible. It's my gift and my curse. <laughs> Harsh realm would be called. Uh, Harsh sex. Okay. It is not for me. That is no. too rough for me. I don't like it. Yeah. But I, hey, look, I'm just the president of the network. I don't have to yeah, like everything. Yeah, you don't have to like everything. We're programming for a wide spectrum of viewers. You know. Like, now, no, there's no judgments here. Now, Viper. What would be the what would be the porn parody of that? That's the thing. Like a fam- It's like a fancy car you have sex with. That makes sense. Well, we have a lot of time now, in this podcast, so let's just explore <laughs> all these different space things. Space above let's and just beyond. Happen. <laughs> yep. So, Seventh Son. So it's the it's a fantasy era. And uh, there's a witch dragon woman played by Julianne Moore play- named Mother Malkin. One. Instead of Sequest, it'll be Sea Breast. Uh, you know what? I think keep working on it. There's uh, there's potentially the idea of a Sequest thing. Because yeah. I can totally see a scene where someone has sex with a dolphin. But yeah. let's keep working on the I mean, title. I mean, semen's right there. So if you could... Oh, you work with that yeah, somehow. Semen Quest would be better. But it's, instead of Sequest DSV, it's Semen Quest DP, I guess. I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it does keep the, the quest part is the important part, right? You want yeah, to... well, we're not going to be able to book Quest Love to be in it if we don't have Quest in the title. <laughs> That's true. So, Seventh Son. Seventh Son. I get, look, here's the thing. I'm just going to come out and say it. I have less to say about this movie than I normally would because I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah. So let's talk about what it was about. Let's. I mean, so yeah. There's for a once, wit- let's go through the 
synopsis really fast. There's maybe. a there's a witch dragon lady named Mother Malkin, played by Julianne Moore, and a mm-hmm. witch hunter named a spook. In a term I did not feel comfortable with. Every <laughs> yeah. time someone said it on screen, it's yeah, it's very. <laughs> It's a lot of just, white faces saying that. <laughs> yeah. And so there's a witch hunter. Let's just call him a witch hunter. There's a witch hunter who has imprisoned he's not her. The, well, he's not the last witch hunter. He is that's, the last witch hunter. Uh, but that's IP predicted. <laughs> I mean, he just, <laughs> he's the penultimate witch hunter. Yeah. Uh, he can he prison, imprisoned her, but the rise of the next blood moon, which happens one every hundred years. <laughs> moon blood good. Moon, the rise that, of that moon is blood money good. on the floor. That why didn't they put moon blood good in this movie? I don't know. Yeah. They're don't always know. talking about blood moons. Yeah. Now she the, oh, the world's the only phone. werewolf actress. Werewactress. Boy, I'll keep workshopping that. You know what? You keep working on sea breast. I, I got this whiteboard over here. I'm just writing down words. <laughs> so uh, this witch hunter has imprisoned her. She escapes. Uh, the witch hunter is played by Jeffrey Jeffrey Daniels. <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. By Jeff, by Jeff Bridges. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's played by Jeffrey Bridges, uh, who you may remember from the last picture show. Sure. Uh, and. Maybe Fat City. And what has he done since then? Not that much. No, but that's he's right. kind of playing Rooster Cogburn slash Big Dude Lebowski as a witch hunter. He's always drinking. He's a great fighter, but he's like everything kind of, he says is kind of like this, a, but it's more it's more it's more British. And it's like a little more bainy. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to fight our dragon, Batman. <laughs> Mr. Wayne, the blood moon. <laughs> so he's hard to understand at times, but he's got so much charisma. Yeah. And he is, aside from his accent being thick, he is putting a lot of energy into this. Like he seems to have a lot of fun. Yeah, he is not walking through this role. I Remember mean, how come on. Like if you were if you were a guy, and you are a guy. Okay, okay. you got me. Imagine I'm with you on this one. Okay, <laughs> Hold on. Okay, there, I got Imagine it. Imagine you're a guy. Okay, I bought a ticket for this ride. I want to see the I rest mean, of I did. It, a, I did a several-minute bit where I was talking about porn parodies of 90s <laughs> shows, so I'm pretty sure I'm a guy. You've lived a full life. Nope, just a young man. <laughs> but, but you've uh, never gotten to wield a sword and fight witches. You once you get that chance, you were gonna put your whole heart and soul into that. Who man. knew it? But like, like if you're gonna like be like a dragon fighter, you're gonna be like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna put on a crazy voice and I'm gonna put my whole heart into there's this a, thing. There's yeah, a yeah, scene yeah. in it where uh, Jeff Bridges, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges is with his apprentice and they've just beaten up a witch. A, he's really a warlock, a warlock who can turn into a mean demon bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, copyright Marvel Comics, I guess yep. the demon bear and. He's like, we have to light him on fire and burn him alive to kill him. And the guy's like, I can't do it. I'm not like you. And Jeff Ridge goes, not yet. And then lights the witch on fire and turns around and goes, but you will be. And there's this <laughs> he might as well at, just like cackle at the point. He might as well just be like, ha, 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 There's this, this look in his out. eyes of just such total happiness. Like, I can't believe I get to say this shit. <laughs> like, and I swear there was one part where he complains about, he's talking about witches. And then he just walking away and goes, fucking witches. <laughs> like, he's totally into this part. And Julianne Moore does it, you know, is more interested than I would think she would there's be. There's that like, great scene where she offers Alicia Vikander a blood cake. And it's got a bunch of worms crawling Oh man, in it. that's hilarious. And then she delivers a monologue about the blood moon and all Yeah, who knows? Stuff. That stuff's not so interesting. But uh, so uh, he and his apprentice, Kit Harrington, who you may know as Jon Snow from the hit TV mm-hmm. show Game uh, of Bones on or, my channel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was he in that Pompeii movie we watched? It's called Pompeii. <laughs> he was Pompeii. It's called Pompeii Iron. It okay. was called Pompey, and it was about John Wayne's sidekick from The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, played by Woody Strode, right? That was Woody Strode in that role, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, 
they they track down Mother Malkin, the evil witch dragon, but uh-oh, she manages to kill Kit Harrington, thus depriving <laughs> Kit uh, Harrington, girl detective is dead. <laughs> depriving Jeff Bridges of his apprentice. And so he goes to find a seventh son of a seventh son. Now, I was always under the understanding that in legends the seventh son of a seventh son was a wizard. But here the implication is that the seventh of a seventh is kind of super strong and super tough and has some kind of magical mm-hmm. destiny. He's just a real cool dude. Just a super cool dude. Just a great guy. A real uh, destiny's child. A real... <laughs> yeah, a real Lisa Left Eye Lopez. A real TLC. <laughs> <laughs> a care. real En Vogue. <laughs> In that you're never going to get it, never yep. going to get it, never going to get it, never going to get it. What are you never going to get, Dan? Uh, salt or pepper? The correct answer was my lovin'. Oh, okay. Now, uh, he goes to this I, farm. Wait, hold. I'm never gonna get your love. <laughs> no, you'll get it. Oh, yeah. But you got to work harder for it. Okay. Free your mind, and the rest will follow, Dan. Man, you know a lot of En Vogue songs. Colorblind. I know two En Vogue songs. <laughs> Don't be so shallow. I know exactly the same number of En Vogue songs as the number of Blues Traveler songs I know. Okay. Which is that one about "Don't Give Me the Runaround" and the one about "The Hook Brings You Back." Oh, yeah, no, those are different songs. Did he sing? I thought that might be the same song, but that's <laughs> just because Blues Traveler songs have the same. Did the Blues Traveler sing those songs when he traveled into the movie The King Blues King? Traveler. <laughs> the Blues. Legend tells, Legend of, the tells blues of a Blues tra- Traveler <laughs> who rides the rails. And you can still hear him saying, I'm blue. Da boo dee, da boo die. Da boo dee, da boo die. Da boo dee, da boo die. Some of them. <laughs> the weird thing about summoning the I'm blue guy is you don't even have to say it. Yep. <laughs> it just it just appears. Uh, he's like Mr. Mixick Piddlick that way. Anyway, back to Seventh Son. He goes to a farm where Olivia Williams is the mom, and he, she has a son <laughs> who's the seventh son of a seventh son who is busy tending the pigs, but he has dreams. Luke Skywalker on Tatooine-style dreams uh-huh. of something yep. bigger. And, dreams uh, of getting some power converters. Jeff Bridges comes by. At, he, now, already they've kind of established a little more color in this movie than most of the, like, grim fantasy adventures we've watched. The grim Fandangos we're used to. Yep. Uh-huh. Was that all in black and white? Or just the Sam and just hit the roads. <laughs> Yep, the full throttle. <laughs> the uh, Maniac's Mansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this there was already, like, it felt like people Day were just... the tentacle. <laughs> there you go. It felt like people were just putting more effort into this than they really mm-hmm. needed to, because it's a pretty generic fantasy movie, but, like, the performers are a little bit better. There's just, like, that much more of a... Type feeling of energy and like design. I'd to say things. for the most part, it's not the all desaturated. Yeah, there's or at a lot. least they're interesting to look at. Yeah, and there's literally, like you're saying, there's literally color on screen. Like mm-hmm. people wear the colors blue and red and yellow in their clothes. It's not just all dark greens and dark browns and like mush. The editing know? is not uh, hyperkinetic. You can see what's happening most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like there's a basic level of filmmaking skill, let's say, on display in this movie. Now, so. Jeff Bridges picks up this kid, who's not really a kid. He's like 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, and makes him his new apprentice. And they just kind of go around trying to track down Julianne Moore. Uh, Meanwhile, she's like rallying her troops. And the kid's mom gave him like a magic amulet to, yeah, to bring with That's going to be important probably. And yeah, Julianne Moore's rallying her troops. And she's got a pretty good armory of crazy henchmen. There's the God of Swords, who's kind of like a... The uh, best dude. Who's like a uh, like Hindu deity type looking mm-hmm. guy, or uh, he's got in that he's got right. four arms and he's blue. Mm-hmm. Abu di, Abu Dabu Dai, Dabu Dai, and there's a cheetah woman. 
There's a snake man, or he's more of a gecko man, as you made clear. Yeah. And there's Juman Hanshu, who either turns into a dragon or his horse turns into a dragon. This is not it's super kind of a clear. Mix, yeah. And everybody has bone chains that they can throw out, like Scorpion in Mortal Kombat or the bad guy at the end of Brotherhood of the Wolf. Yeah. Everybody has these, like, throwing chains with blades at the end of them. Uh, and there's just a bunch of adventures. It's, it's, they're trying to, he, she, she's trying to cause trouble before the blood moon while he's trying to get the, they're trying to stop her and they encounter a couple of different types of monsters. Yeah. There's they a, they fight a bear guy. They fight a bear man. They fight a big, like, kind of a thing that looks a little bit like the Cyclops from Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Uh, he falls, he starts falling in love with a like witch. Like a Boggins or something? A, yeah. Yeah, Baggins. Like yeah. a Boogans. <laughs> like a, like Boogans. a, it was a, it was a booger. <laughs> Uh, oh, yep. From Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, and that would be great. The Apprentice. Honestly, if they were fighting Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> yeah. that this would be a five star movie. Oh, it would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, because he he elevates everything that he's. <laughs> he really does. Uh, no, they uh they have. Meanwhile, the Julianne Moore's sister has a daughter who's a witch. She's played by Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and. She starts falling in love with the hero because as she tells him after it happens. Or is she just trying to trick him so that he'll free her and she'll leave him down in that like fancy mansion to like starve to death, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. And then she'll go off and live amongst humans. Maniac mansion. Uh, So anyway, (laughs) and we're we're forgetting the the best character in the whole movie, a little guy, and by that I mean a big guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Named Tusk. Now, Tusk He's is, as loyal as he is ugly. He's, he's best described as a leftover latex mask from some other movie that has been applied to a tall actor so that he looks a little bit like if Robert Davi had just, like, weird giant vampire tusks. Yeah, or if, like, Tom Waits, after morphing into Ron Perlman, just kept on morphing. <laughs> just just keep, kept morphing, huh? Yeah. Dan, what do, what's your joke analogy for what he looks like? Um, He's like a, a, a goblin mixed with the toothpaste tube. <laughs> that doesn't really, <laughs> no. doesn't really help me. That makes sense. Uh, but he, and there's a couple times when Jeff Bridges is like, oh, he's as loyal as he is ugly. And it's, yeah. it gets to a point where it feels like he's looks shaming him. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yep. Notoriously uh, a notorious Hollywood hunk, Jeff Bridges. It feels like, yeah. For a long time. <laughs> Tusk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a, that amazing beard. He's and... a very handsome man. He's just older now. Tusk, like. <laughs> Go see any movie he made from the 70s through, like, the Yeah, year Crazy Heart. Yeah, no, he's a I'm super crazy handsome. for him. What are you talking no, about? He's but a that, very handsome man. It does feel like maybe, like, Tusk, like, stole a lady from him at some point. <laughs> And now he just feels like he just needs to rub in, like, at any point. He's like, no, but you're ugly. But you're ugly, stupid. <laughs> I know you're my lo- most loyal friend, but you're ugly. Now, yeah, and Tusk is like, well, I may be ugly, but, you know, sometimes a girl likes a strong, silent type. <laughs> yeah, not always talking in an incomprehensible accent. And a good eater, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm ugly. You know what I'm You know, I got, like, this uh, quiet confidence. Yeah, and and we've indicated that he can at least pee a large volume of water onto a fire, right? Yeah. Which is what women love. <laughs> you know what they say women about like, that's what they talk about in the that, locker room. Women are like that. Don't impress me much. Can you <laughs> was that put out a fire with that? your? <laughs> that don't impress me much. Hey, Leonardo's wife, should I? <laughs> well, why don't you put out the fire with your uh, impressive urine stream? Huh? <laughs> so you will Brad Pitt that don't impress me much. <laughs> up, 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 up. No, that's not the song we're singing uh 
So there, uh, there's a lot of adventures. We can go through all of them in detail, but we're not going to. Uh, they fight yeah. some dragons. They fight a big monster. They fight another monster. Mm-hmm. Eventually, uh, the, Jeff Bridges takes his apprentice to his like secret steampunk hideout cave where yep. he has swords and things. And here's the thing I liked about the movie. Aside from the uh, throwing chains, which the bad guys use, so I'll just say they're magic, the hero does not have a bunch of like steampunk inventions. There's just swords and axes. Yeah, he's got like a magic staff, and, and he's got like it. he's got like powders that have magical properties. And the training montage had like a bunch of good jokes in it. I can't, I like, I just remember that they existed. I can't really remember. Well, there's what they there's were. a bunch of good jokes in it, and there's one particularly good joke later on where uh, he's always got this magic flask. Yeah, and I assume it's magic because it's never. Well, empty. I mean, well, and, that was the one joke I remember. <laughs> I mean, like the, your joke is later on, but like the one joke I do remember from the uh, the, the montage is where it's like. He has the flask, and he's like, this is a magic potion. He's like, what does it give you? He's like, courage. But it's just like alcohol. Yeah. And But then he later says, on. what does this kill? Cowardice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But later on, he he, get, he gives him a taste from the flask, and he takes a sip, the the younger guy. And the younger guy's about to take this another sip, and Jeff Bridges goes, no, you you must only take one sip a day. He goes, why is that? Because it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's a solid joke. Yeah. Uh, and delivered very well. Uh, eventually they all catch up with each other at, uh, there's a, there's a town that the witches go to for whatever. I don't remember why they went to that town because another witch was burned there witch or something. Convention. Yeah. It's where, it's where, <laughs> oh, it's where, they it's burned the, the, where the bear guy it's got It's where burned. they burned Mr. Bear. Yeah. And, uh, we're Paddington the witch. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the noise the bear makes. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the song the bear sings. <laughs> uh, that's a flashback. That's an yeah. old Flophouse episode. That's just the song. Out. The song the Flash bear back, plays. Back, 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 back. <laughs> Go find it. I'm not going to tell you what episode it's from because I don't remember. <laughs> one missed call. Oh, it was one missed call? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, they, they go- Spoiler alert. That's the song <laughs> the bear makes. <laughs> so the, uh, the witches this- all are mad and they're like, we're going to make an example of these jerks. So they go they in down. force and like blow stuff up and they all transform and use all their powers. And this is actually a kind of fun little scene because like, like they, there's a fair amount of motion to the sequence. Not, it's not like the fucking Avengers montage at the end of the first Avengers movie, but it's still pretty good. Uh, there's, I mean, there there's the like a dragon monster bursting through walls. Most of the action sequences in this movie I enjoyed. The last one at the end is a little, yeah, the last is a little sloppy. Good. They, it does fall under the problem that a lot of movies have, where it's like, these are the toughest, toughest, roughest bad guys in the world. Oh, wow, we're running out of time. Let's just kill these guys quick, okay? Uh, two hits and you're done. Uh, uh, God of Swords, you're going to get lit on fire pretty quick. Uh, Snake Man, you died already a long time ago. You, uh, I guess you'll get stabbed in the gut and you're dead now. You and, know? Mo- and most of the time, they're li- the bad guy just like totally underestimates the other person and then they get stabbed and they die. Yeah, It's, <laughs> it's not, not like, like they're like fighting. They're just like standing there for a second that they're dead. And there's no brilliant stratagem that the hero, it's not like, no. I discovered the one weakness and now I'll, I'll mm-hmm. exploit it's it. being set on fire. They don't like that. <laughs> it turns out these witches' weaknesses is everything that would kill a person. <laughs> yep. so fire, stabbing, I assume a gunshot wound, maybe just a heart attack. My only weakness is my own mortality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a step away from one of the bad guys just clutching his chest and dropping dead of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. Or like, if the god of swords was swinging his swords at you and then had a brain aneurysm and died. Like, that's... <laughs> yep. it's, Sometimes happens. It's not quite as sloppy as that, but it's a little bit. But anyway, Olivia Williams, it turns out, she gave the amulet she gave to her son 
is a special secret blood rock stone thing that gives Mother Malkin extra superpower badness. She wants that thing. Yeah, and so uh, Olivia she's Williams... She's got to have it, in the words of the movie. She's got to have it. Yeah, that's what they were she's got to have that MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird when I was watching She's Got to Have It, and I was like, this is a like this is a really good just kind of look at a couple people's lives. That, well, oh, well, now they're fighting over a magic amulet. It's weird. <laughs> I thought what she had to have was love and sex, but I guess it was that magic amulet. Yeah. And if she finds that amulet, will it become She's All That? Oh. oh. I was just an amulet to you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> a stupid amulet? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> truly a prince among men. <laughs> yep. Take that, wing commander. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, guy who wanted to play Spider-Man but didn't get the part. Mm-hmm. Take that, he Mr. Been... Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> Are he they might... married? Uh, they at least were. I don't know if that's still happening. Hmm. Right into... Are they married? Care of Dan McCoy, yeah. 123 Fred, Flop Street. Freddie Prince Jr., write in and tell me whether you're still married to Sarah <laughs> Michelle Gellar. SMG, you can write in, too. Tell us if you're still married to the Prince. She's probably pretty busy, though. Uh, with what? Uh, what? What? Is she uh, Clarissa? No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she, uh, even, even Clar- she Sabrina? Even Clarissa <laughs> isn't Clarissa anymore. <laughs> or Sabrina. <laughs> Uh, in the movie I, Sabrina. I'm surprised that well, Clarissa isn't Clarissa anymore because she had to explain it all. Like, she had to explain all of it. And, like, she can't be done by now. No, she like, explained it all. I mean, no, I mean, like, that would take infinity amount of time. Mer- merely a drop of water in an ocean of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about a drop of water. The entire ocean is in that drop. Uh, it's, if a, you look close it's a Sisyphean like task well to small explain bites. it all. They need the whole thing in patience. Small bites? <laughs> Grains of sand is what I'm saying, Elliot. <laughs> I hate sand. It's so rough. It gets everywhere. It gets in your butt. Not like Natalie Portman's skin. <laughs> Wait, where does it get? Wait, where does her skin get? It just gets on her. Oh, okay. Look, I don't remember what Hayden... Uh, what Hayden... Hayden Panettiere. <laughs> I don't remember what Anakin said in that movie, okay? All I remember is that he was if touching Hayden her Panettiere back. Hayden Panettiere played a Hayden Christensen in the Played the Hayden Christensen... <laughs> She'd actually be pretty good, I uh, think. That's the Hayden Christensen. <laughs> if she played the Hayden Christensen in Shattered Glass, yeah. amazing. <laughs> I love it all. She's she's in a movie called Shattered Hayden, which is about the making of Shattered Glass. <laughs> sure. A this real is, hero is tapped to play Hayden Christensen. All right, this is your job, Flophouse fans. It's called, this is your job? Are you paying them? It's called... Yeah. <laughs> what are the benefits? It's called... Hayden Switch 2016. Switch out Hayden Christensen for Hayden Panettiere. In in both of their projects. Yeah, in any project. Yeah, then, show it it to, then show it to your grandparent who's going to be like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> but I appreciate the attention. <laughs> but thank you for visiting me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's a big fight over this amulet. The daughter who the, the hero is falling in love with runs off with it after... Uh, he saved her life from the witch hunter. Yeah. Uh, there's a big fight at the witch ruined at the at the legends of the hidden temple that Mar- that Julianne Moore lives in. Uh, they fight, 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 fight. They fight, they fight, they fight and fight and fight. A bunch fight, of fight, witches fight, turn fight, fight, into uh, like flaming paper. They turn into flaming paper <laughs> when they die, mm-hmm. and the good guys win in the end. And it turns out that Jeff Bridges had once loved Mother Malkin. They were in love together, and it was only because he, he, they, she loved him that he was able to trick her. 
into being mm-hmm. imprisoned so many years before. Uh, and he's about to stab her, but then she fights him, and then uh, our the apprentice just kind of throws a knife right into her gut yep. and then burns her <laughs> That's up. That's a call. Goodbye, back. Michelle Malkin. That's why he was training him <laughs> to throw knives so well, yeah. so that she would he would show up at the end and throw that knife. It is the knife. only training he gets. He gets magic powder education and knife throwing and that's yeah. about it oh any sword fights with a with some kind of possessed suit of armor uh poorly yes yeah and so and then you have fight, you have fought in poorly <laughs> you have fought in <laughs> yeah i was supposed to say you had chosen poorly but i made it fought in instead uh like charles Foughton, the actor and director of night right of, night of the made that one movie yeah uh man he should have made more uh, movies <laughs> And in the end, uh, in the end, we have uh, our hero, uh, whose name I don't remember. Yeah. Let's just call him Seventh Son. Seventh Son he kisses Alicia Vikander, who then so, turns into the wind. Yeah, she witches away, like women do. Yep, just like a woman. And for a second, you think that he's going to go riding off into adventure, but no, nope. nope. He's gonna. He gets a tattoo on his on his hand. That means he's a witch. Hunter you mean a now. brand from a hot piece of metal? Yeah, whatever. He gets branded, and now he is. It now that. That witch cave is his, and he gets to stay there with Tusk. <laughs> because Tusk, I guess, owed Jeff Bridges a life debt and is now going to be passed on to ever. And Jeff Bridges rides off to, I guess, seek his fortune. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that, and the, the bell tolls, and that's what tells them that there's a witch to be about. Uh, and he puts his hoodie up and is on his way. The the apprentice that is yeah because yeah. he I because he meant wears much like it irritated Stuart that Eddie Murphy and the Golden Child wore like a white hoodie with the hood half cut off mm-hmm. it bothered me that the apprentice in this is basically just wearing a white Champion brand hoodie yeah. through the entire movie it really threw me off and at the only well it's a classic white hat trope Elliot well if it was a white hoodie yeah it wasn't even like a cloak. In- yeah, I mean, he looked. He even like, had a drawstring for the hood. If he <clears throat> if he went to a comic book convention and he was like, "Yeah, this is my costume. I'm the guy from Assassin's Creed," people'd be like, "You look terrible." <laughs> Fourth place. <laughs> Fourth place is pretty good. Yeah, it's a small comic book convention. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, like it's a just somewhere. outside of placing. <laughs> what? It's just outside of placing, though. Like, it's kind of insulting just to be like just outside. Of, yeah, I yeah, mean, they're I, giving they, it to him because he's like got magic powers. You still, fourth place, you still win a fifteen dollar gift certificate. Like, yeah, to Sam Goody, <laughs> which closed years ago. <laughs> <laughs> now you can only go to Sam Batty. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, I'm, let me say this. Yeah, My description was pretty lackluster. No, it's fine. But I feel like it's because I feel like it's because when no, Ellie, you did a great job. For you're, some you're reason, super. when it's a bad movie, the details are burned into my brain, and I want to discuss them. But I genuinely really had fun watching. This yeah, movie. I mean, we're skipping to Final Judgment. Let's just do it now. It's by no means a great movie or even a particularly good movie, but I would like enjoyed it so much that I kind of didn't remember it that well afterwards. Yeah, I'm. Which uh, is why this uh, is the worst Flophouse episode. In uh, oh man, in the uh, we can still save it. Okay. No, in the uh, flop house categories of good, bad movie, bad, bad movie, movie, kind of liked. I gotta say, I definitely kind of like this movie. Uh, yeah, me too. Every look, I think that our nominal hero for this movie, Blandy Blanderson, like you can kind of fast forward through all of his. What's scenes. his name? Like, like Todd or something? What's the character's name? Uh, the character's name is, is Tom. Anytime that he's <laughs> so close, I'll give you fifty-five uh, percent credit. Any- okay, can I redeem that at Sam Goody? Yes, you can okay. get uh, one third of a Mobile Fidelity Gold disc. <laughs> it sounds better because it's gold. <laughs> okay. So pay me a hundred dollars for this CD. 
Anytime uh, he, that guy's on screen without Jeff Bridges, uh, you can pretty much ignore, just skip it. ignore the movie. Luckily, Jeff Bridges is in like most of the film. So uh, I mean, this is a movie that, by all rights, Jeff Bridges should have been in three scenes and Julianne Moore should have been in two scenes. And yet, <coughs> they have really consistent presences throughout the movie Yeah, and are really fun to watch. And Julianne Moore gets to wear some really crazy costumes. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges gets... like a claw glove that she scrapes people up with. If Jeff Bridges had brought this level to R.I.P.D., yeah. that could have yeah. elevated that movie. Like, it shows you how much he makes a movie. Yeah, it really, uh, and but he has the same kind of mumbly performance, but yeah, he's just so much more fun. And I don't know if it's because the supporting cast seems a little better than R.I.P.D., like Alicia Vikander seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's, I th- also, there's, I felt like with R.I.P.D., they were really convinced that that was like an amazing premise. Yeah. And they were like, people are going to love this premise. People love Men in Black, and that's way crazier than What if this? instead of aliens, it was ghosts? Like... This is, I feel like they know the premise is not that original. Yeah. It's just a guy trying to hunt down a big, bad magic monster. Yep. And so, I don't know, it felt, like, it felt like they put a little bit more effort into just like, what would be a fun thing for them to do here? Or like, if here's a monster that has bad eyesight, let's have it like just barging through things and slamming into mountains and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and the that. effects for that one were pretty cool. The I wish they, they did less with the, the like, uh, Julianne Moore tail attack that she used on everybody. Yeah, they got, uh, got kind of bored of that, which attack. was a little crappy. And a lot, all the morphing effects were, I guess, all right. But they, there was a one character who turns into a white dragon, and that effect never looked very good. Yeah, and I'm, I feel like with with that sort of shit, like less is more, dude. Just do like it's probably cheaper to do less of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part at the end where. Uh, Jiman Hanshu's character is a dragon. He's fighting Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges goes, you fight me as a dragon? Have you no honor? And it's and Jiman Hanshu turns into a person again. And it's almost like he's he's like, we're running out of money for the effects budget. Yeah. Just be a man for we the got, rest of this. We got a black dragon and a white dragon circling each other like a really cool yin-yang up there. <laughs> we can't afford a third dragon. That well, Is that yin-yang and what else? I don't know what we the We only have money be. for a double dragon for this final fight. <laughs> For the NES. Hello, Internet. I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Teresa McElroy. She is my wife. And he's my husband. And it is our pleasure to introduce to you a brand new podcast, Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions. Teresa, let me ask you this. Can you teach me how to write a thank you note? Yes, I can. How about tips to improve my table manners? I'll do my best. And will you finally explain to me the difference between casual and business casual and cocktail and formal and black tie and all that stuff? If anybody can, I can. But like, it's going to be funny, right? Of course, I'm going to give historical origins and how those manners fit into our everyday lives. How could it not be funny? But also sometimes we'll talk about like burps and farts, right? Yeah, when not to. But we'll still talk about it. Yes. Great. So come join us for our new hilarious show. No RSVP required. Coming to you soon every Friday on MaximumFun.org. It's Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? <laughs> Just a note from our sponsor for the uh, show this week. Yes. The Flophouse is supported by 
Squarespace. You bet it is Squarespace. The Build it beautiful. <laughs> Squarespace is the simplest way to create a compelling website. From the strange to the downright bizarre, great stories define us. You should tell yours. With simple tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture your story with a captivating website. You can start your your free trial today. Visit squarespace.com slash flop. You should Squarespace. Now, here's the thing. You said bizarre stories, right? Because I have an idea for a website, and I wanted to run it by you guys. I thought maybe Squarespace could help. It's called www.sewerbath.com. Okay. And here's something that I've never mentioned to you guys, but it might explain the smell. I have a fear of clean water. And so when I bathe... I go into the sewers, much like a Ninja Turtle or a Chud yeah. or, uh, you know, any, you know. I get the picture. Or like in, man. in Orson Welles and the Third Man or a Dark Man. <laughs> yep, that's or what a, he's uh, doing down there. He's bathing. <laughs> you know, oh, a, uh, a, a, uh, uh, a, you know, Fantomas, you know, one of uh-huh. those types. So I take a lot of baths in sewage. And as a result, <laughs> I see a lot of interesting things. As a result, I have hepatitis C. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's another thing. Do you guys know a cure for cholera? Uh, but... So I wanted to start this website called www.sewerbath.com. It's just pictures okay. of things. www.robertdavi.com. because I'm sitting normal there. And so do you think Squarespace would be able to help me? Because i got to put up a lot of pictures. And also I like to write stories about the objects I find in the sewer. Okay. So do you think I could put text? So there's text? a whole section. I'm assuming you can put text in this website that you're... I hope so. Because here's the thing. I don't know anything about coding. Uh-huh. I you do don't have, need to. That's what's I do have a slick coating of grease from my sewer baths yep. but I don't know about anything about computer coding but you think Squarespace could even help me a guy who doesn't Only Squarespace know how- Squarespace. could Squarespace help me a guy who doesn't know anything about websites I'm pretty sure Dan you want to check the notes uh, Squarespace helps you capture a story with a captivating <laughs> website says the notes so what what website should I go to you should go to squarespace.com slash flop how do you spell flop F L O P. How do you spell square? S Q A. Wait, S. <laughs> you have it written in front of you, dude. S Q U A R E. Here's the bit I was going to do. I was going to ask you to spell square and then space. And after you aced those, I was going to ask you to spell a really complicated word. But I'm just going to skip that bit since you stumbled over the word square. I'm distracted by uh, the next bit, uh, which is. Uh, in my hand. Oh, we got to prepare. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Took the wind out of my sails on that one, Dan. Uh, well, Squarespace.com. Okay. Well, thanks, Squarespace. Build it, Squarespace. Uh, <coughs> yeah, no, there's a, we've, we've received a lot of gifts <coughs> from listeners, and I wanted to thank people. The Flophouse mailbag is bursting it's, at the seams. Yeah, the, the physical mailbag is bursting in a way that it hasn't ever um, uh-huh. <laughs> first, I want to uh, read this letter um, from <coughs> Nathan, last name withheld. Dear Flopists, hey guys, I'm a huge flan- fan of the Flophouse, and I just wanted to give you guys this gift. I worked at a used record stop at- shop in Detroit and amazingly ran across this 45 RPM single of Robbie Buchanan performing The Chosen One from the soundtrack of The Golden Child. Whoa. Uh, now, he... He says that Elliot should have this because he specifically mentioned liking the music. But anyone who has a turntable could take it. Um, Alas, I do not have one. Yeah, I, I think I'm the only one with a record player, right? That uh, yeah, that checks out. Uh, 
I'll allow it. He says, There's nothing in the rule book that says you can't own a record player. In any event, consider it a token of my appreciation for what you guys do. It's kept me laughing since the classic Oogie Loves episode. Um, so I appreciate Now there was a movie worth flopping. Yeah. So this is a, uh, a single of Robbie Buchanan, <laughs> The Chosen One. Are you going to put it on air? From the Golden Child soundtrack. Uh, no, I, I don't think I'm going to put it on air. Although, um, this does remind me that, uh, Jonathan, John Began, John Bygan, I, I, I assume John Began did a version of Elliot's, uh, that's how it works song mm-hmm. that will be put on this episode. Please do. Cause that was a masterpiece. What he put together there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he really made, uh, he both made me sound better than I actually do, and by putting music behind it, showed me how totally off-key I am all the <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> so stay tuned uh, after the episode to listen to the single version of That's How It Works. That's uh, not the album cut. Assuredly, the, <laughs> no. the song of the winner. <laughs> the album version has a lot more production elements <laughs> on it. The song it's, of the it's winner. It's shorter. It's meant for radio. Song play. of the winner, definitely. <laughs> but thank you to Nathan uh, for uh, the chosen one from the soundtrack to the Golden Child. But moving on, that's great. Also, uh, in the uh, physical mailbox box this uh, week, <laughs> what? I, it, I'm just look. I'm doing my best not to make fun of your mispronunciations. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, last name withheld. Uh, sent out these uh, zines that she made. Whoa, we love zines. Peaches Beat, <laughs> the magazine for Purposoids and Purposettes. Um, it's a tiger beat for fans of the Flophouse. Oh, wow. With a lot of uh, great photos of us <laughs> sent <laughs> to what, ourselves. Just what teens like. <laughs> um, quotes, uh, quizzes. Oh. Here's at least one picture that compares your beard to uh, Riker's beard, Dan. <laughs> yeah, it is I a very that. Rikerish beard. So thank you, Michelle, for that. Thank you very much. Oh, this is lovely. You guys vamp for a second while I go vamping it up. I want to suck your blood. <laughs> yep. But I barely, barely know you. Let's mm-hmm. talk. Oh, yeah. Let's. Uh, Batman. Well, uh, <laughs> in our well, little town uh, of Anatevka. I live in Gotham. I'm a billionaire, I suppose. Ah, uh, fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm but, a vampire. Sure. Uh, how's your relationship with your parents? Mine is Not great. Weird too. Do you mean my real parents or my vampire father who turned me into a creature of the night? Uh, my relationship to both is not good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean biological. I don't quite understand. Right. They're both biology related. <laughs> uh, and you, uh, what do you do in your spare time? Uh, uh, do you have hobbies. It's kind of like parkour. <laughs> Interesting, but it's gadget based. I do a lot of jumping off of buildings and landing in a three-point style with my legs and one arm down on the ground. Uh, <laughs> do you? Uh, it's weird. I distinctly remember making my ad an M four W ad, and yet you responded. You're getting closer to right. a vertebrate song. <laughs> you know uh, my film uh, Fitzcarraldo. I'm a vampire, by the way. Vertebrate song. Uh, there's something I should tell you about myself. Um, I'm not right. actually a vampire. You, you really don't need a vamp anymore. We're moving moving on. Oh, thank okay, back to things. the Flophouse housework. So from, uh, it's hard to read his, uh, his, his, his signature, but I'm going to say from D. Gary. That's what I'm going <laughs> to go with. Um, 
We have. We'll have a to gift get our here. Flophouse handwriting expert in here, yeah. uh, which is Dan, unfortunately. <laughs> oh no! He donated a little to the Flophouse, and also he sent us um, DVDs of <coughs> the stuff. Oh, that's oh, a fun that's movie. Cool. Jim Cotta. That's a great. That's an amazing movie. movie. Yeah. And some Ziggy Valentine's. Oh, oh wow. but Ziggy doesn't know love. He's lonely. So we'll split. We'll we'll, argue. we'll have to crack that box open and find out the contents. <laughs> <Yeah>. We'll argue <laughs> over who gets what after the show. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we're going to be fighting over those Ziggy Valentines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but lastly, <laughs> because I because I have to go back to second grade tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Thanks for sending them. They're great. Dan, what are you breaking? That was some radio effects where Dan dropped Dan is literally sitting next to a pile of things. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Lastly, um, great thanks to uh, Ashley Shannon, who sent in a bunch Hmm. of... Not going to withhold that last name, huh? Yeah, sorry. She sent in a bunch of... (laughs) So she's just in the Witness Protection Program, but that's okay. A bunch of late Cagemas gifts, and she said, it would be great if you could open them on air. And I said, hey, why not? So I have no idea what these what things are. they're really offensive? It's mm-hmm. possible. Yep. But and we, we can't edit this out. No, it's a, we're going this out is live yeah, right this now. Live. This is like undateable. These are <laughs> giant uh, packages, honestly. <laughs> these are large packages. I had to take a cab home from work. Well, the Stop bragging house, about your package. Flophouses are known for their large packages. So I'm going to... Wow, that is a lot of stuff. ...distribute these out here and we can... Are they to anyone in particular? I guess we'll open them There's up. no indication of who gets what, so we can just open these. Okay, that's and, you're listening to the sound of us opening things. These this are late Cagemas gifts. Riveting audio. So Cagemas is the annual holiday every December where we watch Nicholas Cage movies. Yeah, it yeah. comes right after Sadler Vember. Sadler Vember. Well, no, Sadler, we watch William Sadler movies. <laughs> oh, that would be great. <laughs> oh, this one's to Stewart, it says. Okay. Oh, okay. This one so is, trade it up. Uh, to Dan, should I just keep it? Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> and this one also says to Dan. So. Okay, wow. so I guess nothing for me. That's fine. Okay. Uh, oh, no, no, I, my life is full of blessings. I need for nothing. This one over here, I assume, is then for you. Oh, okay, thanks. Uh, it's the largest is, one. Yeah, so. for the smallest guy. <laughs> all right, so we can all open. We're going to keep keep opening. <laughs> keep opening. On air. Stay with us, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us. Dan, you could have at least taken the, the plastic wrap off. Of <laughs> presents being open. The only way this could be, there could be more layers is if you had put these in the trunk of a car. <laughs> You're opening the car. Maybe the car had been wrapped in, in uh, oh, wow. like, greased lovely. saran wrap. Yeah, this so, is to Ellen. Uh, mine is totally unwrapped, so I'll describe it. I am looking at a lovely... Totally uh, unwrapped sounds like the name of a reality show about a wrapping paper company. <laughs> um, uh, that is run by hip-hop artists. <laughs> uh, so I'm... Uh, On Bravo. So this is a, a, a lovely... It looks like a print of a map of Tolkien's Middle Earth that has been lovingly framed. And some nice greens and golds. That's perfect for the uh, elven theme in my uh, living room. <laughs> yeah, you do call your living room Livendale. Mm-hmm. Yep, where we only speak, <laughs> we only speak Quenya and Sindarin, depending on the time of year. Whoa! This is and this is also framed over here. It's huge, <laughs> and this is. It looks like one of the. 
It's one of the posters for The Taking of Pelham 123. My favorite movie of all time. The original version. Not the remake. Not the remake. Okay. And also in a lovely frame. And I uh, got, uh, so I've got this smaller frame, which is a, uh, this looks to have been taken from, I think, maybe an Instagram I did or something uh, where I turned a uh, plastic knife into a shark. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. And uh, I'm showing it to Elliot right now. Oh, that's adorable. um, You really don't have a lot to do at work, huh? Well, and uh, <laughs> but uh, sort of the larger gift here is a. Uh, I hope it's a framed picture of me and Elliot. <laughs> no, it's a framed. <laughs> it's a framed cover of the uh, Flash Gordon. Um, oh, that's great! That it's nice. It's very is it the lovely. is it the Doc Shaner cover or is it the it's definitely the Doc Shaner cover? Oh, awesome. The the superior cover. I wow. Whoa. I don't want to. Whoa, burn some bridges, why don't you? Just light Jeff Bridges on fire like almost happens look, in Seven Sun. Look, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying something against the artist who did the other cover. I'm just, the other cover was a little too cutesy for me is all. Oh, okay. This is, this is a delight. Sure. Thank you very well, much. Yeah, thank you very much. We don't deserve any of this stuff. No, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, Quite a... Though we're, though we're not going to open it on air, I'd also like to thank uh, Lewis Michael uh, Lewis Michael Powell, who sent along a grab bag of stuff, a uh, collection of DVDs, mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer collectible card games, a uh, baseball mitt that I'm assuming is for uh, David last name withheld uh, Elliot's brother, um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for when he gets was, back to the majors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Lewis. Uh, I'm sure you'll see pictures of all this stuff on the internet soon. That's so, a lot of gift stuff. This was a lot of stuff. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Just so you know, we don't do it for the gifts. We do it for the laughs. But uh, cha-ching. Uh, don't tell coming. that to Squarespace. <laughs> uh, and, and, and Squarespace. We do it to Squarespace. Um, surprisingly enough, though, that do was... Do you have more things we can unwrap on air? no. Surprisingly enough, that was not our official letter section. <laughs> what? I'm glad I didn't sing a song. Uh, this is our official letter section. Um, and uh, Also, well, what that taught me is that if you have special instructions for your thing, just tell Dan to do it that way because he'll do it. Mm-hmm. If you're like, now for this gift. I want you to read this letter backwards. <laughs> when you open this, take off all your clothes at your workplace of work. All right, I have to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Law of letters. Um, letter law has spoken. Mm-hmm. I want to say, uh, so this is the this is the first letter, and it's a bit of a serious letter. I mean, it's, it's actually quite a serious letter, so um, I'm just warning people uh, now. But it goes like this. Uh, Dear Floppers, unfortunately, I write in dire circumstances. My older adopted brother recently decided to end his life. He was a 28-year-old history secondary high school teacher and my last experience with him was listening to united passions together and him moaning about his beloved liverpool as he made me a fan of the show and toward the end it was one of the few things that made me happy he was always too scared to write in himself but i hope that the flophouse listeners give their love to thomas's late family the bradleys and use this as another reason to speak about mental health um, so obviously that is very, very sad news about, um, Thomas. 
and uh, we appreciate that we were at least some solace to this uh, man as he was clearly going through a lot of pain in his life. Um, we are a comedy show, so it's difficult to say anything about this in a larger sense, but uh, I, I don't know. I know that I've gone through a lot of issues with depression. I know that I think both of you have had your problems in the past. I urge anyone who's having trouble to seek help rather than to uh, give in to despair. And that's about all I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely say that having been doing the show for the you know a number of years, uh, I've interacted like it's allowed me to interact with a lot of people, and uh, it's kind of shown me that there's a lot of great people out there and a lot of people that you can connect with, whether it's through the internet or whatever, whether it's through just listening to other like listening to podcasts and finding some kind of human connection, and that's at least helped me. <coughs> Excuse me. The the um, you can never know what's going on inside of another person's head, and so I'm always wary to pretend that I've reached places that other people might have reached or not. I don't. You know, it's hard for me to know how my experiences would compare to somebody else's. But I was writing something recently that was on a similar theme to this about kind of seeing where my life could have gone or might have gone if the wrong things had happened and how the only solution to that for me was other people, was just like opening myself to other people. And that's a tough thing for everyone to do, and it wasn't an easy thing for me to do. And so I don't want to be like, this is all you have to do, just this thing. But... uh. The other thing is for people here, if there's someone who you know is having a hard time, then reach out to them. I, there's, I, don't, I don't want to make this further sadder, but there's one person that I won't get into in particular who there's a time in their life when I wish I had acted on my urge to reach out to them and didn't, and it's yeah. something that's, that I've regretted for a long time since then. So. Uh-huh. It goes both ways. It's if, a two race street. I, you know, I've had a difficult time this year, and I've, when I've felt darkest, you know, it's been good to reach out to other people, and I just urge other people to do the same. And Archie does too. Apparently, <laughs> you can hear Archie in the background, but she had he he had to chime in too. Mm-hmm. Archie, the scene stealer, but um. Let's 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 put that <coughs> aside and uh, move back to the regular nonsense. I think uh, with this next letter from Stephen James Arnett Esquire, who writes, "Letter withheld." So uh, I see what you did there. Oh, classic bit. Fire him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, make a fool of us, huh, Stephen? I was all prepared to make jokes and interrupt people. I thought Dan was going to stumble and bumble over the words, and I could make fun of him, but no, there were none. Uh, well, there will be a lot of words to stumble over in this next letter. What about bumble over? Which mm-hmm. comes... And you'll feel very 
humble over it. From Martin, last name withheld. Oh, the TV show Martin. Uh, <laughs> his last name's Lawrence. Who writes? <laughs> his wife, he, Tisha Campbell. He's a bad boy. <laughs> a bad boy, too, if you will. He writes uh, <laughs> as well. Nothing but trouble. From no, the page. Nothing to lose. <laughs> nothing <laughs> but trouble is a different movie. From the pages of a failed novel about the Flophouse Whaler Company operating out of Nantucket during a few unsuccessful months in the summer of 1839, or as it was known at the time, Whaleview USA, you'll have a whale of a time. Aboard the ship, the wives' buttocks, first mate (laughs) Elliot Quikalian was standing amidships, scanning the horizon. We've not seen a whale since six bells, and the crew is growing weary. His squeaky know-it-all voice carried far over the waves. That's rel- very important information. I mean, that's it's something you would want to know. <laughs> and he was right. Even though the six bells was just like a few hours ago, the crew was indeed growing weary, but more so with the gravity of their mission than a lack of large sea-dwelling mammals. For they were not just in search of whale oil to power lamps in San Francisco's red light district. They were out in search of the whale that hurt the knee of their unexciting captain. <laughs> It was not broken off or anything, but it was still a jarring memory for the poor man. And who asked him if he was getting better? Nobody. (laughs) Captain Dan Daniels McCoy was distraught, and it had now taken the form of minor sad annoyance. Ugh, he said. At this point, I don't really care. I already lost my knee to one of these animals. Why are we even going on? You didn't really lose it, right? Said Elliot. I mean, it's right there, as he pointed to the functioning, albeit once damaged, knee. Shut up, nerds. A whale has been attracted by Elliot's high-pitched voice, came a voice from the crow's nest. It was Stuart Wellington, known as Stuart There She Blows. Mm-hmm. There he, he yelled down, giggling at the end. Wait, hold, no. It was, <laughs> are, you, hold on. are you okay? It was Stuart Wellington, known as Stuart. Oh, okay. Oh, there then, she blows. And then you saw a period, meaning end of sentence, take a breath. <laughs> well, but you thought it was, what, like a bug or something? No, or I thought it was crumb? like a positive. Stuart, there she blows, Wellington. No, no, I thought, yeah, but usually there's punctuation that helps you to avoid problems like that. (laughs) He yelled down. Oh, I see a crumb from an Oreo. Oh, no, wait, it's a period. (laughs) Yeah. There she blows, he yelled down, giggling. (laughs) Shouldn't be eating Oreos all over my story. I mean, I didn't, I don't know why there'd be just a. (laughs) I haven't eaten an Oreo in 20 days. (laughs) Perfectly circular black dot here. But I assume it's a mistake, and I'll continue on with the thought. (laughs) There she blows, he yelled down, giggling at the innuendo. Dan would have lit up had he been able to feel anything at that point. Huh, he said with a shrug. Well, I guess we've come this far. Launch the boats, guys. The long boats were hoisted down into the water, and a ragtag crew of interesting but blurry characters set out. The majestic giant didn't have any of it, though, and slammed on, threshed at the boats encroaching upon it, sensing its own mortality. Fuck off, said Stuart, after taking a sip of his beer in his relaxed position at the stern of the fastest boat. His oarsmen being the fiercest. When they saw it was a sperm whale, they had another fit of giggles, and someone yelled, Blow me, for no reason. (laughs) The whale started to sing, making most of the rowers in the boats think they were in a yoga studio or something, and they started to relax. Fuck off, said Stuart again, and took one of their oars and rowing at double speed without even spilling a single drop of his brewski. Dan tried to throw his harpoon, but missed doing... (laughs) (laughs) Take your time. (laughs) I know you're excited by the action. Those aren't Oreo crumbs. (laughs) That's telling you, hey... Give your tongue a break. Every t- Think about it this way. Every time you see like a little dot of ink after a bunch of words, that is the writer telling you, 
time for your tongue's cigarette break. Take a take a couple seconds. Dan tried to ru- <laughs> Dan tried to throw his harpoon, but missed due to being too boring. <laughs> and his completely oh, healed knee injury still hurting him. Elliot tried, but his constitution was not enough to pierce the layers of fat which guard the skin of any sea mammal. That whale, or indeed this entire ocean, must be made up of some kind of non-Euclidean geometry, said Elliot. Finally, Stuart lugged his flask of whaler's grog into the whale's blowhole, effectively blocking it and inebriating the whale at the same time. We did it, he shouted happily. Rawrow, called the call of their sea cat, a type of cat-like fish. It was known as the Flophouse Catfish. <laughs> I love that there is a thing called a catfish, yeah. but he's introduced a sea cat. At that point, their pointless caption was too distracted to care about anything anymore, though, and took a nap instead of revenge. The rest of their crew was too busy getting drunk and saying words that sounded like other words. The drunk whalefish drifted off into the sunset. Whalefish? And the drunker <laughs> whalers drifted back into the legends they came from. And that's how the first whale got drunk, and laughs were had by all. And now you know the rest of the story, says Martin, last name withheld. Now, I don't understand why Rudyard Kipling cut that from the Just So Stories. Yeah. It seems like it fits perfectly. Uh, what a lovely adventure we had. That yeah. was. Uh, you. Everyone got, Everyone took their licks on that one. Mm-hmm. You know what? None of us came out unscathed. <laughs> but I think the one who was the most scathed was Dan. So Dan. Yeah. Did you not? Uh, did you well, not? Because I was the- both reading the story and I took scathing from you guys. Yeah. That's, yeah. Did you, you not screen that letter? <laughs> that's right. Okay. I just. Yeah. You're like this is a long one. This will eat up a bunch of minutes. It, that guy <laughs> want to make a wish. Contest and the wish was to write a letter into the flop house. I mean, just to write a letter is a wish that he doesn't need an organization to help him with. <laughs> He's not that bright. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks everybody for writing in. Uh, thanks that, for the gifts. Thanks for the gifts. <laughs> um, uh, this is uh that was a that was a roller coaster ride of a gift and letter segment. Yeah. Of emotions, yeah. Yeah. But now What's the next part, Dan? It's time for our when final does this purgatory end, Dan? Yep, of the episode, and that is where we recommend <laughs> movies that we actually liked. Will I dream when this is over, Elliot? Uh, only of Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh, lovely! But he's he's going to be kissing you. Oh, okay. So I don't want to burn those bridges. No, don't burn them. Bo Bridges. <laughs> Bo Bridges is there too, but he just likes to watch mm-hmm. his own movies, starting with <laughs> the Landlord. Uh, so what do we do now, Dan? I told you already. We recommend movies that we like. That I like Seven Sun. movies that we like. Uh, if, so after you've already watched Seven Sun and you want to watch something else, yeah. I'm going to recommend you fire up your movie player <laughs> okay. and you check out a hot new little action joint. <laughs> hot little piece. <laughs> titled Close Range. Now, Close Range <coughs> is a micro-budget little action movie directed by Isaac Florentine starring... One Scott Adkins, not Scott Adsit, I like Elliot was, was about to say. <laughs> you got me. No, I'm talking about the star of you know, Ninja Two: Shadow of a Tear. <laughs> we work together so much; it's like we finish <laughs> finish each other's hamburgers. <laughs> uh, did you finish my hamburger? I did. Why did you leave it out? <laughs> you told me a Gremlins took it. <laughs> a Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He took it. He told me a Gremlins. The film took it. Yep. Hey, some. <laughs> Uh, a gypsy cursed a uh, Gremlins DVD box to uh, spring to life and steal hamburgers. They prefer not to be called gypsies. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, that yeah. movie, Steal Hamburgers, so sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're all steal hamburgers. <laughs> Everybody wants some. 
hamburger scene from I don't. Is that yeah. what a, is that what a robot know. would eat? A steel hamburger? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, Close Range uh, stars Scott Adkins. Scott adds it. Uh, Scott adds it. <laughs> and it is basically a Western that has been adapted to the modern day with the uh, with a drug cartel that has kidnapped a girl. That girl gets saved by a drifter who, who turns out to be that girl's uncle. Uh, and then they come after her and the uncle because he has a flash drive on the keys that he used to release her from her bonds. Now, uh, Scott Adkins, basically this is a super cheapo, low budget movie. Uh, but all the money is on the action scenes. The action choreography is super great. They go way out of their way to introduce these cartel bad guys, including giving about a dozen guys like a title card. So you're like, Oh wow, that guy's named Lobo. That guy's named Javier, like all these cool dudes. And in my head, I'm like, I don't know why they're taking all this time. Scott Atkins is just going to destroy them all. <laughs> and he totally does. He <laughs> annihilates all of them. The, uh, the two best scenes I'm briefly going to touch on. One is the moment when uh, Scott Atkins, Drifter, gets uh, cornered by a corrupt cop. And then they, in turn, both get cornered by some uh, cartel guys. And the cops are like, are those some friends of yours? And Scott Atkins, with no comedic timing, says... I ain't got no fucking friends, <laughs> which is great. And then at the end of the movie, he does while fighting a guy, kill a guy by stabbing him in the taint. What? So go watch it. Close range. I mean, you got to watch it before it wins all the Oscars. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to recommend a movie called Diary of a Teenage Girl, which was uh, based on. It's a Tyler Perry movie, right? That's right. <laughs> It's based on some cartoons by uh, some semi-autobiographical cartoons by Phoebe Gleckner, and it's a little—it's uh, a little difficult. A little it's, bit country. It's a little—it's <laughs> it's a little rough. I mean, it's about uh, a relationship. Largely, I asked my dog saw it, and I asked him how it was, and he said rough. I mean, <laughs> it, <laughs> that joke courtesy of first grade. <laughs> In it's large weird, part, Rolf can talk quite a bit. <laughs> no, Rolf said it was rough. It was very rough. <laughs> oh, wow. It was difficult to sit through at times, but worth it. I mean, a then big, he played the piano. A big part of the movie is about the relationship between this underage girl and her mother's boyfriend, and uh, it's it's a t- it's a tough movie because it you know it does not shy away from the fact <laughs> that this man is. A predator in a lot of ways, mm. who's, who's like a, like an alien who hunts down mercenaries. Right. Mm-hmm. This is not the point of the uh, podcast. <laughs> their, <sure>. their species <laughs> name <laughs> is pronounced Yautia. <laughs> <laughs> that he's a, that he is that he is uh, preying on this her. This is an inappropriate relationship, and it's wrong for yes, to do that. But it also does not shy away from the degree to which um, she, as someone who is desperate for affection, uh, perhaps. Uh, wrongly like welcomes this attention from a predator mm-hmm. and um but uh it's an interesting movie about this w- young girl's like budding sexuality and like w- the places it leads her and um it is ultimately sort of inspiring like like what she learns from everything that happens and and the fact that uh she's able to translate it through her artwork and uh it's got great performances um, from all of the 
uh, primary cast members, and it's just I I, I got a lot of uh, screeners, um, you know, from uh, <laughs> the Writers Guild, and this was I think the one that I liked the most of all of the quote unquote awards movies. More than Furious Seven. Yeah. Which we also were sent to screen before. <laughs> yeah. That and Jurassic World were the most baffling screen. I'm going to say, had. I'm really glad that you managed to slip a little bit of humble brag in there, Dan. No, I did, <laughs> it was not a humble brag. It was just. You know, as was, someone who helps decide the very prestigious Writers Guild. Honestly, awards. like, the, the reason I slipped that in was, like, I got a lot of movies that I thought I was going to like a lot more than I did. Mm-hmm. And. This year, like I, wasn't, seven. I was not impressed by a lot of the movies that were supposed to impress me. Yeah, it was a disappointing year. But uh, Diary of a Teenage Girl, I liked a lot. So that's my recommendation. Uh, so Dan says, read a teenage girl's diary. <laughs> <laughs> Just break into her room. and I'm going to recommend a movie that uh, I still haven't seen, that movie Selma. Mm-hmm. That people liked, but I watched a different movie. I mean, a lot of people liked. But I watched it. Yeah. a fish called Selma, the Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah. But I and watched it was pretty funny. Uh, the, a different <laughs> I mean, movie by the same Phil Hartman episode yeah. by the same director, uh, Ava DuVernay. Uh, her earlier film, Middle of Nowhere, which is about a woman who is a med student, but her education and kind of her life have fallen apart because her husband is in jail. And this has kind of taken over her life, the process of trying to see him in jail, trying to get him out of jail, and the fact that he is not particularly cooperative in these things and uh, that his being there brings the worst out of him. And she begins a possible relationship with a bus driver played by David Oyelo. uh, Oh, great. And he's really good in it. And it was just like, but at the same time, she's dealing with issues with, her mother, and there's a feeling of people trying not to make the mistakes they've seen others make or have made themselves or seeing others have seeing others make in front of them, but being unable to figure out how to avoid making those mistakes. Uh, and I just found it to be a really good, touching movie. Good. It's called Middle of Nowhere. Three very similar recommendations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, in all of them, somebody is killed by being stabbed in the taint. <laughs> yep. The great thing, I don't know why I liked it so much. <coughs> I know why you liked it so Wait, much. Let me, okay. Uh, uh, now that I've composed myself, uh, so after the guy gets stabbed by uh, stabbed in the taint and his dead his lifeless body falls to the ground, uh, you know, uh-huh. at some point to be interred in the ground, uh, <laughs> as dust to dust, you know, where yeah. we are but ashes. <laughs> yep. Uh, but when he falls down to the ground, you can actually see that his jean, like they made the trouble of like tearing his jeans open in the crotch. And I'm like, that's some good costuming work. <laughs> a lesser movie would just put a red stain on his jeans, but they're like, nope, we want to, we want to rip the jeans. You know what? I know this is a low budget film, but we can afford the $10 for another <laughs> pair of pants. <laughs> uh, so those I- are Costco jeans, Elliot. They're like $15. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. So fifteen dollars. No craft services today, everybody. <laughs> Give me back your bagels. I said fifteen dollars. Yeah. Oh, what did I thought you said fifty dollars? No, no, fifteen dollars. Like those aren't Levi's jeans, Elliot. Those aren't bootcut <laughs> these, Levi's jeans. Five oh fours. These are not diesel jeans. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> they still make diesel jeans. They still advertise them. Okay. Vin Diesel jeans. <laughs> sure. If you're gonna be witch hunting, street racing, uh-huh. pitch darken, triple Xing, uh. Being sad about 
Paul Walker in the street. All right, why would you go there? Why would you go there? Well, we're talking about his many roles, and you got to bring in a street sharking, street sharking, like in that video. Yep, shark streeting, mm-hmm. dragon dungeoning, uh, witch hunting. That was the <laughs> first thing he said. Oh, I'm sorry, this is the first well, one. I think it brings us all the way back around. It's like an Ouroboros. Look, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> because it was nonsense. Yeah, oh, good point. That's a very good point. Uh, Basically, the podcast. I just wanted to say. <laughs> This has been uh, a an rare emotion- episode of the podcast. An emotional roller coaster of an oh. episode. Uh, an I, episode where we all liked the movie for once. Which meant we didn't have much to say about it, which is yeah. so bad. So we dedicated our time to unwrapping gifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed this <laughs> gift you, receiving you podcast. Un- unboxing. <laughs> Here on the box show. house. You can only, yeah, just picture in your head uh, Elliot tearing into that paper with childlike glee. Well, a cat continues to try to jump on me, and mm-hmm. I bat it away with my. My fists and you're, you're, well, your only defense is throwing that paper on the ground so the cat can make a weird nest out of it, <laughs> which it did. Yeah, and that was adorable. Raised its babies. Yeah. Uh, so what do we do now in the podcast? Now so okay. now we tell what do we we answer letters? No, we did that already. Before we sign off, real quick, I would just like to promote a little thing uh, called it, love. <laughs> It's the it's fifth a, it's element. It's a crazy little thing. <laughs> I'm addicted to you it. You can't buy me that. <laughs> you might as well face it. <laughs> Do not buy it from me. There's I a, refuse. There's a book of it, but nobody knows who wrote it. Mm-hmm. You can eat, you can pray, and you can do this thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's these a are like je- for it. This is like Jeopardy questions. Yeah. Ninth, I love category. A ninth potion. <laughs> <laughs> Potions one through eight, do not drink them. They will turn you into a total hide. <laughs> now, what do you want to promote? Oh, I just want to promote, in addition to doing this lovely podcast, I also do another <laughs> edition of lovely podcast. That's what this is all about? I haven't done this before. Uh, right. So I've been doing a little podcast called Till Death Do Us Party. I'm not going to explain it's, how to spell that. No, it's spelled in the stupidest you way you can imagine. You better know how to explain how to spell it's, it because it took me so long. I like stared at the fucking title for so long <laughs> before I understood the pun behind it. Yeah. It's a Deaf Leopard podcast. So tell Deaf Do Us Party. So it's spelled T I L L space D E F space. D O space U S, not the not the United States, but just U S. Yeah, no, just the no word periods. us space P P A R D Y. Yeah, till death the do us dumbest party. way you could possibly spell anything. <laughs> if you if you Google if you put into iTunes podcast search T I L L space D E F, it's the first thing that pops up. <laughs> Uh, Go fucking figure. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's an educational podcast about the band Def Leppard. We uh, <laughs> yeah, Alexander primarily <laughs> yep. it's for the kids. Uh, uh, Alexander Smith and I go. I've been going through the Def Leppard uh, discography and have been exploring all of the uh, kind of strange themes that are present in all the uh, in all the music of Def Leppard. Uh, check it out. All right. That ends the housework section of this podcast. And yeah. I'd like to promote. Oh, housework back on. Just, you know. <laughs> love. Going out and, yeah, be loving somebody. <laughs> oh, sure. Just feel love, express love within reason and within boundaries. Okay. Love responsibly. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, now we can do our favorite part of the podcast, which is signing <laughs> Letters. <off. laughs>
Sure. <laughs> Summary of movie. Now for, tonight we watched Seventh Son. Uh, this is the story of Seventh Son. the flop You're doing better this time. Yeah, I have true. been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. At this point, I don't even know if I'm Elliot Kalen anymore. Good night, everyone. Podcast-o-matic. Just pop the podcast in the podcast-o-matic. Sitting on new chairs tonight. Oh, yeah. They're pretty good. Oh, I like chumps. I feel like I have to slouch. One like chumps. Don't fold in chairs like assholes. <laughs> These Not anymore. chairs don't fold. <laughs> Yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I like this escalating uh, battle over who has control of Lin Manuel Miranda. I mean, I mean, moment. it's clearly not yeah. us. Yeah, it's yeah, not us. No, that's we, what I don't we have like control about it. very little. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Dan says that's the way it works. You wrote them, we read them. You wrote them, we read them. That's the way it works. Um, How does it work? Glad that you asked. As Dan said, I'll refer you to his comments. That's how it works. So, uh... That you write them, and then we read them. That's how it works. That you write them, and then we read them. That's how it works. That's how it works. A state before a live studio audience of one cat. Um, so speaking of birthdays, speaking of birthdays, Dan was talking about you're born, and that's the day that you celebrate. That's how it works. That's how it works. Anything you need to know about how something works, ask me, and I'll sing it to you. Unless it's really complicated, made out of words that don't rhyme so well. In which case, don't know if I can help you so well, but I'll try. Till I die. That's how it works. Um, so, um, it's from now no- the breakdown part where, you, where it's spoken word. That's how it works. We're gonna work it now. Tell you how it works with the last letter. That's how it works. We're gonna work it now. Tell you how it works with the last letter. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Podcasts. 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 <laughs> They're audio programs that tell smart stories in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this. Like this. Yeah. But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes. Stop podcasting yourself. The stupid show that smart people love. Find it on iTunes or MaximumFun.org.